Let's take a moment for prayerful meditation. Out of a troubled world of expediency and selfish strife, we come to this place set apart for the renewal of vision. Spirit of love and life, spirit of unity, should our lives be narrowed by personal sorrow or tragedy, envision us with a sense of worth. Should we be weary of the diminishing purposes of community and the prevalence of global tensions, envision us with your larger purpose. Should we feel lost upon Earth's lonely cosmic shore, envision us with joy and wonder. Uphold us when we are weak, embrace us when we are broken, transform us when we are partial. Restore us to your great unity that we and the green Earth and the cosmic law may become as one. Bless us now in this moment of worship with your commanding vision. Let us take a moment of silence and be together in spirit. Blessed be, and amen. The reading this morning is from Healing the Heart of Democracy by Parker Palmer. <clears throat> Heart is a word that reaches far beyond our feelings. It points to a larger way of knowing, of receiving and reflecting on our experience that goes deeper than mind alone can take us. The heart is where we integrate the intellect and the rest of our faculties, such as emotion, imagination, and intuition. It is where we can learn how to think the world together, not apart, and find the courage to act on what we know. If you hold your knowledge of self and world wholeheartedly, your heart will at time get broken by loss or failure, defeat, betrayal, or death. What happens next in you and the world around you depends on how your heart breaks. If it breaks apart into a thousand pieces, the result may be anger, depression, and disengagement. If it breaks open into greater capacity to hold the complexities and contradictions of human experience, the result may be new life. The heart is what makes us human. And politics, which is the use of power to order our life together, is a profoundly human enterprise. Politics in the hands of those whose hearts have been broken open, not apart, helps us hold our difference creatively and use our power courageously for the sake of a more equitable, just, and compassionate world. 
Good morning. It is great to be back to my home congregation. Some of you don't know that I was actually ordained on this very uh, area just oh, well, a few, few years ago. And uh, it's great to be home again and see such wonderful old friends and new. It's also a joy to be here because I want to thank this congregation for your incredible and generous support of the Legislative Ministry of New York, of, of New Jersey, and what we do. Um, it's commonly known as UULMNJ. You've heard that a lot this morning. But for those of you who don't know what we do, UULMNJ represents you and all New Jersey Unitarian Universalist congregations in the legislative process. It is an advocacy and educational organization that helps bring into play Unitarian Universalist values of justice, equality, and compassion into legislation that directly affects people's lives. Those are pretty lofty words, aren't they? And for some of us, they are marching orders. So just out of curiosity, how many of you have written or contacted your state or senator or assembly person this year, just a show of hands. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much for that support because they really do listen to what their constituency says. But I think some of us uh, might have different reactions. Um, as I travel around the state, I hear some of them. Uh, some here may even feel that Unitarian Universalism shouldn't be in this work, that it confuses church and state Others may think that talking about UULMNJ brings up even more guilt about the things they aren't able to do because of other commitments. Some may wonder why we should worry about the whole state of New Jersey when there is so much to be done right here in Montclair or on the national level. Well, there are, are many reasons why we may not want to get involved, but only one as to why we have to. This is not the combining of church and state. This is our faith. And when I go to Trenton, I am promoting our collective values. As Unitarian Universalists, we believe in the inherent worth and dignity of every individual. We believe in justice, and we believe in the democratic process. Often, one's dignity and worth is brought into question by social structures that create inequality and injustice. And often those who suffer the most have the least ability to be heard. Therefore, we are called to act, not to promote our specific faith, but to protect the rights of others. Now, this demonstration of concern for others is, is nothing new for us. Unitarian Universalists have been in the heart of social justice, taking to heart a responsibility for changing injustice for centuries. We fought for the separation of church and state in the 1800s. We fought for prison reform and against capital punishment. We opposed slavery as early as 1773. We were the first to ordain, ordain women in 1863. We were the suffragettes and the abolitionists. We marched with Martin Luther King for civil rights. And we have fought for gay rights for over 30 years, not to mention numerous other calls of social justice. Our manifested concern for others is nothing new. And this New Jersey legislative ministry is just one more step as we take our 21st 
century place in history. And I must say, it is sorely needed today as much as ever. And why? Because people are operating under a mantle of fear. The country is divided by such ideological polarization that it can literally shut down the government. And we, the people, seem to have very little influence on the process. Job security is tentative due to the vacillating economy. Those relying on food subsidies wonder how they will feed their families if their monthly allotment is cut. The economic inequities between the haves and the have-nots is staggering, undermining a confidence in a strong America. And even if we're beginning to see hints of a turnaround, America is a nation running on fear. You see this in the media all the time. All of the reports that come out are really geared at moving us towards a state of fear. And in our fearful state, we cower behind a mask of false security as we search to blame the culprit for the mess that we're in. Benjamin Friedman writes in The Moral Consequences of Economic Growth, Lengthy periods of economic stagnation or decline have almost always left society more mean-spirited and less inclusive, and have usually stopped or reversed the advance of rights and freedoms. A high level of national wealth is no bar to a society's retreat into rigidity and intolerance once enough of its citizens lose the sense that they are getting ahead. When material progress falters, people become more jealous of their status relative to others. Anti-immigrant sentiment typically increases, as does conflict between races and classes. And concerns for the poor tend to decline. So does this sound familiar to anyone? It's exactly what's happening right now, isn't it? And this exclusionary sentiment, this perceived division between the more fortunate and the less fortunate is fueled by fear. And it is creating even greater separation among our country's people. According to Parker Palmer in his book, Healing the Heart of Democracy, civilization is the process of devising cultural inventions to free ourselves from the tyranny of our fear. I'm going to repeat that. Civilization is the process of devising cultural inventions to free ourselves from the tyranny of our fear. Civilization requires us to develop other faculties, to bring intellect, intuition, feeling, imagination, compassion, and yes, political will together to constitute a change of heart in American society. The heart of America is hurting. And as Unitarian Universalist faith communities, we are called to respond just as we always have throughout our history. But how do we respond? Well, the antithesis of and the antidote for fear, as many of you may already know, is love, exactly. Hard, courageous, 
persevering love. The way we counteract today's society's fear and the inequality and discrimination it creates is by adding love, or its sister companion, compassion. We must build a civilized, compassionate response to the pressing societal needs before us. For our legislative ministry, that means making our vision to be a courageous, compassionate voice for truth, justice, and equality in New Jersey public policy a reality. It means the hard work of research as we try to really understand the myriad of sides to an issue. It means open dialogue with those whose ideas we oppose, but whose support we need. It means organizing and speaking out when compassion is not heard. It means taking risks and suffering the consequences from those less compassionate. It means building relationships one person at a time with legislators and collaborating like-minded organizations. I had a high school reunion last summer, and in preparation, I had to fill out one of those forms, you know, justify your life since high school forms. Some of you may have had some of those. And in it, I tried to explain my role with UULMNJ. I have a friend who emailed me back saying that I would be demonized back home in that small town in western Pennsylvania if they really knew what I did. And unfortunately, this is true. This was made clear to me the day the New Jersey Assembly passed the marriage equality bill. I was standing in line in the Capitol, awaiting to get to the balcony so I could witness this historical event. That morning focused more on getting to Trenton than what I was wearing. I put on a red sweater, red turtleneck sweater, underneath my gray suit. Now, for those of you who don't quite understand the significance of that, the anti-gay opposition was holding a rally that day, and they told everyone the entire opposition to wear red. So, I found myself surrounded by red-clad folks engaging in conversation, kind of wondering why they were being so nice to me. Of course, once they found out my position, things got a little colder. However, one person noticed by my name tag that I was a minister which really confused them. (laughs) Plus, I was a woman. (laughs) So, there was one woman, Carol, who wanted to truly understand why Unitarian Universalists believe in marriage equality. And I gave her a lot of credit for asking that question in this crowd. This face-to-face dialogue began, and the voice of Unitarian Universalism was heard right there in that place, waiting in line. What started as a conversation with one grew into a conversation with three, and then six, and then eight, until there was a crowd gathered around us, mostly of red-clad folks. Soon I noticed that there was a security guard standing behind me. I thought he was engaging in our conversation and uh, realized probably going home that he was concerned about my protection. And well... But I have to say, in that forced dialogue, I mean, it couldn't exactly, they couldn't exactly escape me without losing their place in line. Well, in that forced place, true communication began. 
We talked and discussed for almost 45 minutes. We covered the Bible and civil rights. We covered the sacredness of family and the alternative definitions of family and marriage. We talked of the cruelty of injustice. I learned firsthand of the fear that was in their hearts, and as I was able to illuminate the absurdity of some of the misinformation that caused their unfounded fear, like gay marriage would lead to polygamy, or the dissolution family, or even bestiality. They actually believe this. And in these moments, we began to really connect to each other. Did I change minds that day? Well, maybe. I'm not sure. But I know I did cause a rethinking of preconceptions in the minds of some. And equally important, I suppose my strident position towards these red-clad folks was tempered with a greater understanding and compassion. And why? Because I brought with me and used my Unitarian Universalist voice, a voice of compassion, of open and honest dialogue instilled with factual information, UU sensibility, and respect. It didn't demonize or polarize. It opened the doors rather than closed them. It was a language of the heart that they understood because it is a common language. Now, in today's political world, this strong, respectful, honest, factual, sensible voice is a bit of an anomaly. And that is precisely what makes it so radical. It is precisely this voice that gives ourselves the strength to create change. This is the voice of UULMNJ and what it uses when we represent Unitarian Universalism in Trenton. This is the UULMNJ heart in action, addressing structures that hurt the indignity of people anywhere, one bill at a time. And this is the historical Unitarian Universalist heart in action, creating change, one day at a time, one conversation at a time. We must have heart to do this work. We must come from a place of compassion for ourselves as well as others. For if we come from any other place, our hearts may get broken into a place where only political anger and self-righteousness dwell. And from that broken place, we are unable to retain a steadfast effort long enough to create the change we seek. And we are unable to openly dialogue enough to have any influence at all. With a loss of heart, it is easy to give up, to become angry, to polarize, to fight, or to disengage. It is easy to say, we don't have to be moved. It is easy to say, we don't have to become involved. But when we come from compassion, courageous compassion that upholds the integrity and the dignity of people, we speak an understandable language, the language of the heart. And when we use it, we can truly affect change. Often when I come to speak to congregations, I mention the good legislation that we've lobbied for and the valid efforts 
of our volunteers, only to end up the story with how our governor has vetoed all the legislation we worked on. But today I can stand here as proud as can be. 30 years ago as a Unitarian Universalist sitting in the pew in this actual sanctuary, I sat in a worship service and the first time in my life I thought about gay rights. And I am deeply indebted to my faith and to this congregation for opening my eyes. Well, it has taken 30 years, but today we can say that marriage equality is legal in New Jersey. And I have to tell you, this congregation and the response and the generosity of this congregation not only enabled us to provide full-time work on this issue, but when the issue concluded quickly, has enabled us to put more work towards um, reproductive justice and mass incarceration as we build, begin to build new task force efforts. So I can't tell you how indebted I am to all of you. It's because of you that we are allowed to do our work. And then this past election, the minimum wage referendum tied to the cost of living index was passed by the people of New Jersey. And these are two major issues that we've worked long and hard on. And so we can really say we won them. The arc of justice tipped towards New Jersey this past fall. And there are other issues you heard in our children's story, a number of the issues that we're working on, so I'm not going to go over them here, but just say that we have a fall conference in October where they're decided upon, and it's open to anyone, and a spring con conference where we have our uh, annual meeting and continue the work of those task forces, so I'd like to involve anybody who would like here to be involved in that. The other thing, uh, and just to remind you, it's an immigration task force, environment, economic justice, gun violence, healthcare and reproductive justice, and marriage equality, for I think there is some legislation still coming on marriage equality uh, that we're still looking at. Uh, and we are looking at starting a new one on mass incarceration and anti-racism. If you'd like more information, we have a wonderful website I encourage you to look at, www.uulmnj.org. Um, but we have also gone electronic, uh, and we are now sending out action alerts, not just to your, your liaisons, but we're sending them out to anybody who is our, on our, um, in our database. This would enable you directly to send an email to any legislator on the issues that we're talking about by putting in your zip code. So if we don't have your information, please make sure you sign the list in the back if you'd like to receive our action alerts. Sonia Johnson said, we must remember that one determined person can make a significant difference and that a small group of determined people can change the course of history. We are about changing the course of history. This concern for change lives in the hearts of each and every person here. It lives in every letter or signature, in every phone call, with every vote. And we will continue to change history just the way Unitarian Universalists have, one day at a time, one open conversation at a time, one bill at a time, one day at a time. And together, our voice will be heard. Take courage, my friends. The way is often hard. The path is never clear. 
and the stakes are very high. Take courage, for deep down there is another truth. You are not alone. We walk together. <laughs>